Starting all the way back in 2004, the Battlefront franchise was beloved by all. It was revived by EA and DICE, hopes were high. But even after a huge turnaround of Battlefront 2, the game was doomed to an early cancellation. Which makes us wonder, will we ever see it again? And how did General Grievous come to power and get handpicked by Count Dooku? Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. So we're talking about a topic today that makes me a little bit sad. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know, this podcast started as the Battlefront podcast. So I always have a soft spot when it comes to talking around Battlefront. But I've got some sad news here. But before we get into the, the kind of theorizing, I want to go over where we started. Mm, okay. So the Battlefront franchise is beloved through the decades now. 2004, we're closing in on 20 years since the first game came out. And that's a big deal. It's something very special when we look at Star Wars as a franchise. We had never gotten anything like that in Star Wars. And until the remakes or the continuation, reboots, whatever you want to call the EA games, we had never seen anything really after. And since the end of those games, we haven't seen anything since. No. It seems like going forward, we might not even see any more Battlefront games. That's the topic that I want to dive deep into today and answer the question of, will we see a Battlefront 3? Mm -hmm. So what made these Battlefront games so great? So Battlefront is super special. It is this large scale game. You have tons of AI. You have, in the original days, you had split-screen co-op. And you had the ability to be a trooper in the field. Unlike any of the other Star Wars games where you're playing these heroes, you were the person in the trenches. You were the clone trooper. You were the stormtrooper. You were the rebel fighter. And you were actively working towards making the either Republic win fail, what have you. You had that control and you got to be like live your fantasies of being in Star Wars in that sense. Mm, I gotcha. So it was, you're part of this team. Yeah, it gives you like the ability to have like a normal, normal kind of like Star Wars experience instead of like, and still have like the heroes side of things too. Mm. Like with Battlefront 2, the original, you had the ability to get enough kills and then become a hero. You could be Anakin. You could be Darth Vader. You could be Luke Skywalker. You could be these various heroes and go through hmm. and and also live out those fantasies. So it gave you the full breadth. And then in 2015, with EA getting the exclusive license for 10 years, we had Battlefront 2015 that came out that was focused around the original trilogy. And it took some notes from the original game, but took a lot more notes from Battlefield and had like this very interesting combination game. And I love that game. I have so much nostalgia for it. It, it really re-sparked my love for Star Wars and got me down the path that I am now. Mm -hmm. And then Battlefront 2 came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was like, okay, you're going to be able to play with all of the eras. You're going to play the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. All in these larger scale maps and experiences. The class system is back again. The heroes are there, and it gives you that full experience of Star Wars across the galaxy and across the time frame and gives you this even deeper experience. But they had some controversy around the beginning of the game with loot boxes. And while other games had loot boxes and had even worse examples of loot boxes, Battlefront became the scapegoat 
for this. I think it was mostly geared towards the progression system because the progression system was so heavily tied to the loot boxes that it became a big deal. And so they spent the first six months of the game fixing the game. Then they had content and it took them a while to really get into it. So that game came out in 2017 and then I believe it was 2020, they canceled the game had a good long run but it was just starting to get good people started feeling like this was the battlefront that we all deserved and this is the game that they could expand on and they mm. could create more experiences in that's really unfortunate my only experience with the game at least the original mm. game was i went over to my cousins and they were like look at this game it has all these uh they were all really crazy about the vehicles in mm. there yeah so we just messed around with crashed vehicles all around. And we were just like going going to town with it. That's really my only experience with the first one. Yeah. Other than that, though, I don't. I think I skipped uh, the 2015 one, and I think I went straight to the 2017. Yeah, because we, we had some good times mm-hmm. with the 2017 Battlefront. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's funny, too, that you mentioned Cousins, because that's how we got interested, introduced to Battlefront really? in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it was our, our Cousins. And that's, like, another thing that the original games did so well was that split-screen content mm-hmm. and the ability to have, like, we would stay up so late and get up so early so we could have more time playing the Battlefront games and having those experiences and just like that was a, a, a huge part of my enjoyment of those first games mm-hmm. and uh, while Battlefront still has like a pretty decent player base uh, it doesn't quite have the it doesn't have any content support and I feel like rightfully so when DICE pitched another Battlefront game so they had an option they they had finished and launched 2042 Battlefield and they pitched a Battlefront 3 and I think EA rightfully said yeah no we're not gonna do that because I think DICE doesn't necessarily understand why Battlefront works and what doesn't work Mm. they I feel like they were so far removed they have tons of people there that the people that were supporting the game after launch those people know what Battlefront is those Mm. people know it but the higher-ups that decided that hey let's pitch a battlefront 3 i i don't think they understand it because i think if you if we get anything in battlefront anything if it's a new battlefront if it's battlefront 3 whatever you need to have a team dedicated to it it needs to be a live service game and a real live service game not what they're doing with battlefield 2042 right now Mm -hmm where it's super inconsistent. Like, you need to know what's coming out, when it's coming out. You need to have enough content in there to keep people going. And you need enough, like, events, big moments. You need enough skins. You need to, like... You need to build an ecosystem. Yeah. You can't just say, let's just do Battlefront 2, but even more content. Hmm. I think that should be your base, but you should also incorporate that content into, like, a live service experience. Mm -hmm. But would it ever be made... (laughs) would they ever do something like this again i think if we look at where star wars is going in general we have respawn doing the jedi series we have ubisoft that's making the star wars outlaw game which is the big open world game we have eclipse we have the kotor remake that may or may not be happening depending on what studio gets what or (laughs) when we have the amy hennig star wars game that's going to be coming out and then we have the one possibly two strategy games coming from respawn and a first person shooter game coming from Respawn. Hmm. But considering the history that we have with Star Wars games right now, more than likely all of those games that I just 
named are going to be single player games. Yes. Even the first person shooter. Yes. And I think maybe the first person shooter could eventually grow to have like an online element. I don't think it's going to launch with one. And even just the history of Star Wars games that we've seen recently, they seem to just be like drop it and just leave it. Like Mm -hmm. there's no hands on. There's very little communication, it seems. Yeah. Well, that's just DICE in general. Mm. Uh, The way they run the studio is very old. Uh, I think DICE as a studio is like 30 or 40 years old. So they have a very much of like an institutionalized view on how you communicate and market. I gotcha. And then if you look at something like Outlaws, while Ubisoft is a very established company, mm-hmm. Massive is much more new. And I love how Massive's marketing They were at San Diego Comic-Con. They had Mm -hmm. a booth. They had behind-the-scenes content to go along with that. We're a year out, but they're still, like, hyping it up. The devs are online. Content is really, like, pumping out with that game. And I think that's how you need to make it. That's how you market a game in 2023. Mm -hmm. You need to be everywhere. You need to be talking with the community members. You need to get the influencers over here. Star Wars is historically pretty secretive. Mm -hmm. But once you know when your game's going to come out, you need to drop all of those. You can yeah. be secretive about the story. Sure. But when it comes to the game itself, you need to have people talking about it constantly. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, we might just do this. Th-. No, you need to say, hey, this is what this game is. This is what you can expect. This yep. is what's going to be in the game. These are the kinds of experiences. This is how big the map is going to be. And we're getting all of that from Outlaws. Mm-hmm. It's great. We it's never great got that from DICE. No. Definitely excited to see the Star Wars franchise and gaming go to different people hands mm-hmm. that's what's great about ea no longer having the exclusive license as well as they can we can we can get the outlaws experience we can get amy Hennig's experience we can get star wars eclipse experience we can get all of these various takes on star wars in different areas and different parts of the universe and we can still get all the tv shows the movies and they all kind of tie in or they could not tie in at all and just have their own stories and stand alone. Yeah. And I think, too, something that really struggled with the Battlefront franchise is they had this very... Because at the time, they were really... All eyes were on them. They were, like, some of the few Star Wars games. They had, like, huge expectations in terms of, like, it needs to be as canon as possible with the first game, and then they mm-hmm. loosened it a little bit with the second game, but they were still like, okay, we can't do this, we can't do that. It goes it needs to go through... It needs to go through DICE approvals, it needs to go through EA approvals, it needs to go through licensing approvals, and it needs to go through Lucasfilm approvals like those are the levels that it has to Mm. go through which of course everything's going to take forever to come out yeah unless you're a mobile game and then you're like oh yeah put Starkiller in there who cares (laughs) no phone game needs to stick to canon (laughs) yeah I guess that's the case but in but even Battlefront 2 like it it had the campaign and I think if it has a campaign the campaign needs to be canon Mm. everything else I, I let me fight 17 Luke's versus like five Darth Vader's yeah I mean why why the restriction that mm-hmm. seemed really kind of a strange yeah strange thing to get stuck on the question still remains mm-hmm. will we ever see a battlefront 3 uh, i sadly am going to say it i don't think we're ever going to get a battlefront 3 if we get anything in the battlefront franchise it's going to re- be a reboot it's going to be mm-hmm. battlefront and it needs to be a live service game and it needs to have a dedicated dev team to it yeah otherwise it shouldn't get made sorry Fair enough. I would agree. I really don't see a game like that coming back. Mm -hmm. We've seen games similar, but nothing's going to be to that to that extent. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're they're focused on that in Star Mm -hmm. Wars right now. It's just all about pumping new stories and yeah. 
Which I think is fair. Yeah. I do think there should be an online gaming aspect to Star Wars in mm-hmm. some way, maybe down the line, but I don't necessarily see that going to be Battlefront. No. Make yeah. a Republic Commando like small oh shooter, yes, like please. online shooter, four people on a team. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. And that fits more with what we are seeing even just come out these days. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing as big. Uh, other than like battle royales, uh, you're not yeah. really seeing whole uh, battlegrounds. Yeah, on the battlefront. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it. It. I don't think we're gonna see it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's sad, mm-hmm. but I think that's gonna be the case. Mm-hmm. So is the calm before the storm before we are waiting on Ahsoka to come out and really take it to the next step and see what a Dave Filoni directed live action thing is really like what is the Dave Filoni vision going to be like in Star Wars live action on the small screen but before we get to that I did stumble on some fun stuff when we go back in time and we look at some of the prequel characters one in particular I want to talk about is General Grievous Hmm. Grievous is super fascinating because he's got as much lore and canon as I feel like he did in Legends. So they've really fleshed out his character in many different ways. A lot of it is in the comics, but also mentions Hmm. in some of the books. And of course, we know in the Clone Wars, uh, Clone Wars did Grievous Dirty. Dave Filoni, I think, historically has said he hates Grievous as a character. And they just made him really weak in the Clone Wars show. Just super unfortunate because he is a super fascinating character. What do we know about Grievous in the beginning? In the beginning, like before he was even a... Before he became a robo-killing machine. Yeah. Well, we know that he was a really, really good warrior. He was another kind of killing machine. Yeah. He was just a regular he killing was, machine. He was normal. <laughs> <laughs> but he came from a planet that was actually, he's actually the under, underdog. His tribe, I would put them as a tribe, was actually under a lot of attacks and things from a more insect-like neighboring species on their world. and Who had Republic and Jedi backing. Mm-hmm. And that's specifically from the Legends, I believe, material. Uh-huh. So we do know some of that from Legends of... definitely more of that underdog story but even in canon he was still the underdog he was this killing machine rising through the ranks eventually his his people regarded him as like a demigod really like they thought he was like the next deity Mm -hmm. because of his combat skills yeah but even with that fair enough though i mean Mm -hmm. he ended up going off to other planets and worlds and yeah eventually he became like so like successful in his uh generaling uh (laughs) that's how i'm gonna put it he was able to like have this escapade to go to other planets and to conquer more of the galaxy until he eventually caught the eye of palpatine and dooku Mm -hmm. who they they were looking at like different people to put into the general roles in their new army they're setting the groundwork for the clone armies to take place Mm. but behind the scenes more importantly more visually and more publicly they're working on the droid armies Mm -hmm. so they're looking at like what are the different categories that we can look at in the galaxy of like these people that were like oh hey this person has potential Mm -hmm. they have potential here so let's put them here getting their pawns and kings and rooks and all that into position at this point (laughs) Mm -hmm. i feel like we also can't overlook the little romance that he had with another one of his fellow warriors. Yeah. Because uh, that was a really key part in... In the Legends yeah, side of things. And especially making him who he was. Yeah. And how angry he was and whatnot. Yeah, he he lost his wife 
to the neighboring tribe that mm-hmm. were, he was constantly going to war at. And from what I could see too in the canon, that's not anywhere, but that's some of the, the reason that he like started his rage. And uh, more generally in the canon stuff, the, the rage was there from just his hatred of the rebellion and the Jedi mm. in terms of how they were supporting that tribe as right. well. Right. So back to Grievous, because he renamed himself, Grievous mm-hmm. catching the eye of some people. and Yeah. I mean, you don't go into other worlds and destroy Destroyed, yeah. nations and whatnot and not catch someone's eye. And lo and behold, he catches the eye of Dooku and Palpatine. Yeah. They're, dun, they're dun, tr- dun. trying to set up their <laughs> experiences and their armies and looking for these people that they've identified or mm-hmm. they could work here. Like you said, getting their pawns in place, getting mm-hmm. their bishops in place and seeing where they can go. But the thing they didn't expect. So eventually, while Grievous is on the radar of Palpatine and Dooku, they haven't necessarily met yet. Mm-hmm. In the interim, after the kind of failure after the Jedi and the Republic back the army that they're going against. Dooku gets recruited by the banking clan mm. and he becomes a bodyguard. And his his original bodyguards, they say, no, you can't bring those people. Here are some droids. And he killed all the droids and they say, he said they were trash. They made specific droids that Dooku had a hand in creating, mm-hmm. which were the Magna Guards. Mm-hmm. Dooku wiped the brains of the Magna Guards and retrained them because he didn't feel like their fighting skills were up to snuff. And once that happened, he successfully rose through the ranks until he eventually was like, okay, I think he, I think he crossed the banking clan or the banking clan were like, just want to get rid of him because he was a little too effective and not necessarily as uh, controllable as they would have liked. Mm-hmm. Enter Dooku and Palpatine, though. I just wanted to actually take a minute. It's really fascinating that Grievous didn't like droids. <laughs> yeah, he hated droids. He historically despised them. I mean, okay, already this character has so much more character arc yeah. than like so deep. <laughs> most of the main characters in Star Wars. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You can leave your hateful comments in, in below. But I'm just saying. Yeah. There's a lot going on with this guy. There's so much. Oh my gosh. He is such a rich character. Like, it's honestly crazy to think about. But yeah, like, once Palpatine and Dooku, Dooku really takes a liking to him mm-hmm. and is like, okay, yeah, we can see this. And he offers them the deal of, like, hey, what do you think of this? We're going to slowly start cybernetically improving you. Piece by piece, they start to do that. They give, they replace a part here, they replace here, and they slowly make him even more effective. And mm-hmm. he's constantly got his eyes on the Jedi. How can I be as effective as possible to eventually start taking out the Jedi? So that's like one of his big things. But because he crossed the banking clan, they, Dooku and the banking people went in together and decided... Let's make him a little bit more malleable. Yes. So because of that uh, less than um, easily controlled, I should say, like part of Dooku or part of Grievous, really, they're like, okay, we need to start laying down some strategies here on how we can bring Grievous. Like he's super effective. He's strategic. He's powerful. He is violent, aggressive. How can we start to control him? So they start devising this plan here, and rumored is that Count Dooku started and planned a um, destructive force on his ship 
Mm-hmm. There was like a bomb planted. He blamed the Republic and the Jedi mm-hmm. to help fuel that. And Which they is said, so hey, Count Dooku. So Count Dooku, <laughs> yeah. He's going to do it, but he's going to blame all these other people uh. to like bring you into his own <laughs> circle. So they start doing this, and he's like, hey, you have an option here. We probably won't be able to save you. You can either die, or we can we can save you. And in Legends, they actually gave some of um, Sifo-Dyas's blood, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Dooku, in an attempt to uh, give Grievous force powers, Hmm. was trying to like, okay, let's give him the best shot here, possibly developing force sensitivity. But in canon, that never happened, and Hmm. they just tried to, with Poggle the Lesser and a couple of the Geonosian biotechnicians, they slowly start piecing Grievous back together. And I think ultimately, he's about like 95% cybernetics and like 5% what he originally was. Mm Mm-hmm. But alongside all of this, they give him the metal core, they give the, him this um, improvement physically in terms of strength, but they also improve his brain. So they give him improved sight as well as improved cognition. They repress some of his memories to give him even more focus on his hatred towards the Jedi and the Republic. And he becomes an even more intense killing machine. Dooku eventually starts training him in many different aspects, but I think he gets like he he masters like two or three different Jedi fighting styles, mm-hmm. like lightsaber styles. But whenever you get into messing with someone's brain to improve it, mm-hmm. you can also yes. dampen some things. The amount of trauma that he went through that caused many different like mental disorders mm-hmm. because of like the amount of um, stuff that was taken from him, mm-hmm. as well as just the general anger that they've kind of heightened yeah i i find that a really interesting choice um (laughs) i mean i get suppressing a lot of memories and things like that but to heighten the anger i feel Mm -hmm. like that's harder to i mean maybe it's easier to control if you know if you know just how if you know your arrow is always gonna fly to the right you make adjustments for that exactly i guess Mm -hmm. still it just seems like you would leave him with some a little more. A little more. He was fine before. What? Yeah. What? what? Uh, anyway. But they also mm-hmm. wanted to experiment too with him yeah. to see how they could improve their droid tech. Yeah. Everything's and, an experiment in Star yeah. Wars. And I, I think you could you could think of Grievous as like the original Death Trooper mm-hmm. or Dark Trooper. Mm-hmm. In lore and legends, we don't necessarily know in canon, but in legends, the first Dark Troopers were actually... 70% cybernetics mm. and then the last 30% were actual troopers that they kind of like stripped parts from and kind of pieced together and then version 2 was all like robotic mm. so if you look at Grievous as like the first version of like the, the dark troopers I think that that learning that they had there really comes into play later on when we look at the Mandalorian Yeah, and you see somewhat of like a Magna Guard looking droid thing Mm -hmm. in the Ahsoka trailer. Oh, yeah? So we may be Mm -hmm. seeing some, like, continuation of these different pieces, and I feel like we're going to see a lot of those Clone Wars era Mm -hmm. equipment, and I think it looks very similar to Magna Guards, for sure. At least an homage to it, at least, Mm -hmm. you know? like Yeah, repurposed, Mm -hmm. or maybe just, like, recreated and improved. But I think we're going to see a lot of this influence from the Clone Wars, and if you look back to... What Grievous started. Mm-hmm. He's very interesting, and there haven't been many other options like this. Maybe the closest thing was in Mando season three with the little dude living in the caves. True. 
He was very yeah. grievous esque. That was very grievous esque. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah. Let us know your thoughts though in the comments. Did you know this bit of lore? And do you think we're gonna get it? Battlefront 3. Let us know in the comments. But hey, you can listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Check out our YouTube channel if you're listening to this right now. And hey, if you're watching this, you can pick us back up wherever you find podcasts. As always, hey, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>